Hey, everybody. Are you with me when I say life can be amazing at times, but it can also be extremely challenging? I know. I've been there myself, learned some valuable life lessons along the way, and now I'm here to help you. It's no coincidence you found your way to the Relevate podcast. I'm your host, Rena Olson, a self-proclaimed inspirer of others. Together, we're going to dive deep into raw and honest conversations with real people. My hope is that through these stories, you too will be inspired and ready to tackle whatever's holding you back or breaking your heart. Then you'll be free to live a life of purpose and true fulfillment. I promise it's possible. Let's Relevate. Well, hey there. I'm so glad you've joined me for today's episode. Are you holding on to resentment or anger, maybe justifiably so, to someone who has hurt you? Is shame haunting you for something you did? Or maybe your hurt is aimed at God for allowing the unthinkable to happen. And this episode is for you. Today, we are diving deep to talk about forgiveness and the transformational impact it can have on your life. My friend, Mark Goodman, is a forgiveness coach. His life story was once tragic, but took an unexpected and powerful turn when he was 50. Today, his mission is to set people free through the intentional act of forgiveness. Mark Goodman, welcome to Thank Relevate. you. It's so good to be here with you. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much. So how does one become a forgiveness coach? Well, I wish it would say because of choice, but in like so many things that people get involved with, it's their life story that brought them to this point. Mm-hmm. And so that has a lot to do with it. I got it. Okay. So we're going to start off with kind of an easy question. Fabulous. What is an offense that someone committed against you that seemed like a really big deal at the time? But looking back, it really was not. Oh, that, that's a real easy one. Uh, Lisa Johnson. Oh, my goodness. Lisa Johnson. What did we were, she do to you? She was 17 years. We were 17 years old. We were pre-engaged. Okay. I don't even, I'm not even sure what that means. So yeah. I bought her a pre-engagement ring. And, oh, you, nice. know, you look through those little eye scope, whatever, with the jewelers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not to see the quality of diamond, but just to see the diamond. Right. <laughs> and she broke up with me. Oh. It's awful. <laughs> And I was devastated, and um, I thought life is over. And um, now it's, Lisa, if you're listening, uh, we're cool. Okay, so uh, (laughs) forgive you, and we're good. But at the time, it seemed horrendous. Devastating. Devastating. Okay, so let's talk about the heart of, of why we're here today and the whole topic of forgiveness. But I think before we do that, let's start with your story. Let's just tell, tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, I'm going to give just a high level story of it. Don't need all the detail of it. But really, the gist of it is as a teenager, I lived homeless on the streets of LA, eating out of dumpsters, uh, soup lines, because it was better than what I had. Uh, growing up in Detroit in a household that was um, <clears throat> dangerous. Uh, my dad, uh, not only mom, dad, alcoholic, but my dad was physically abusive. I have three wow. older brothers. My oldest brother, he would beat him with his fist till he was unconscious. But my dad also sexually abused my three older brothers. Mm. So um, it was just a, it was a hellhole and um, a lot of crazy things going on. So when I ended in streets of LA, it was safer, it was better, and it, it, was, it was wonderful. So now in that process, it left a mess behind as one can imagine. So I'll give an example is my, 
my oldest brother passed away not too long ago, uh, died with anger, full of anger his whole life of what had happened to him. My brother is closest to me. He's paranoid schizophrenic. I've helped taking care of him most of his life. He lives in an imaginary world and won't take his meds because to do so mm-hmm. takes him right back to 12 years old and my dad doing the things to him yeah. that he was doing. And then my middle brother um, that I was closest to in 1986, called me, and while he was on the process, being on the phone, took his own life while on the while on the phone with me. So you can imagine there'd be some a fair amount of bitterness, uh, bitterness against uh, my dad, mm-hmm. against God. Yeah. Like, how could you allow that yeah. to happen, God? Absolutely. And then how it messed with my head mm-hmm. and how I problems that that caused, mm-hmm. and that drove me into the forgiveness world and um, in a in a strange, fortuitous way. Wow! How did you bridge that gap? And it, was, it wasn't easy. I, I was able to find the Lord somewhere in, in, in between all that. But um, I actually started doing well in business and travel, traveling the world. And though even though I never went to college, by age 40, I was a CTO of a publicly traded technology company. Nice. And so I make fun of in the fact that if I've, I've been to the UAE, I've been to the palace, so I can say I've dined with kings and I've dined out of dumpsters and everything in between. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit of a Forrest Gump story as well, falling into things. But I still held on to that backpack of pain and shame and blame. Um, in fact, I used to say in a weird way is, is, isn't it great that God is so good that he made me so strong that he can put anything in that backpack. Oh, go mm. ahead. Do you know what I've been through? Go ahead. You can give me anything. Come on. Go ahead, put it in there. I can handle anything because I've been through so much. I've seen so wow. much garbage. And I, what crazy that is. Mm. So transparency breeds transparency. Anybody that's... Well, let me stop you right there. So was that your persona, your professional persona? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You were, you were open with... With what you had been through. Oh, no, no, not, not, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. So it was not open with it at all. My professional persona was not who I was. Mm-hmm. I'd wake the up. Mask. It, you, the mask. The mask. On. And wearing the mask is exhausting. Get up in the morning, put the mask on. Mm-hmm. It's all good all day long. And then the evening, it, out of exhaustion, put that mask down and not share it with anybody. We'd be in a business environment. And if everybody start talking what college to go to, I would go to the restroom, hoping praying that they would, that conversation was over because not only did I not go to college, but I'm not going to tell anybody that I lived on the streets or what had happened. Mm-hmm. So what happened was, is many years later, after all this, and still may, managed to get by, I sat in a group situation with a group, and the first guy up told his story. And forgive me, listeners, but he threw up all over the place. Emotionally mm-hmm. threw mm-hmm. He threw everything on the table. And I was just sat there and like, wow, I can't believe this guy is sharing everything and how cool is that? And I went back and I chewed on that and I kept so much of this inside that this was a group situation with my wife that it was time for me to talk about it. So I pulled my wife off to the side and honey. Now how, how old were you? This is, this is five years ago. Oh five gosh. years ago. I had carried around all this crap for that long without mm-hmm. sharing it. And I said, sat her down and I said, you better sit down because I don't want you to hear this in somebody else's living room. Oh, so she didn't know. She knew some of the detail. Almost like I would say a reporter. Mm-hmm. How often when we're hurt, yeah. when we start talking about it, we take like, this happened, that happened, this happened. Not all of the detail, mm-hmm. but just part of the detail, but not what it really means. What it really, and I threw up in the kitchen. And I threw it all out there. Mm-hmm. And then in that group, I shared with it. 
And that opening up, life changed overnight. My relationships, my relationship with my wife, my relationship with God, with my children, with all the others that I no longer had to hide behind. But it was a big awakening to look up inside of me and saying, why? I didn't like Alpharetta. I don't belong. I'm not worthy. I'm a guy who eats out of dumpsters. I don't belong in Alpharetta. So I used to cut down Alpharetta, not because there's anything wrong with Alpharetta, but because I didn't belong here. What a false belief. And to look at that in self and seeing what was going on inside of me and the damage that it had caused. But here's the thing is, to find that forgiveness, to forgive my dad, had no longer anything to do with my dad. It didn't. He had passed away. He was long gone. So I had to learn how to forgive, not for my dad. He didn't deserve it. But for me, my life changed. I didn't realize that happened so recently. So what happens when you when you bring something that you've you've kept so carefully shrouded within? Why is that freeing to bring it to the light of day? So much we're holding on to that. Uh, I sit down with people now and talk about, and often they're sharing at a Starbucks for the first time. Mm-hmm. I've never told anybody, but yeah. blah. Mm-hmm. I say, well, what they did to me was completely wrong. Why do they deserve it? And you know what? They don't deserve it. They don't. Mm-hmm. This has nothing to do with about them. So I tell them, is, you're right. You should stay pissed off for the rest of your life. You should stay angry, mm-hmm. right? What they did to you is wrong, yeah. right? What you did to yourself was wrong. You should live in shame and, and blame to yourself the rest of your life for what you did. Absolutely. How are you going to pay that back? What could my dad do to ever pay back what he did to this family? What could you ever say or do to pay that back? That's a debt that could never be paid back. But as you're holding on to that and holding on to the anger, how's that working out for you? How's that working out for you? So you're carrying around this backpack of pain, shame, and blame. It's a realization that you can let go of that backpack. Let go of that debt. See, the beauty about what I discovered in this process. The choice you can make. Choice choice and it's no longer anything to do about them think about it this way it's like a debt you get two sides of a transaction right the balance sheet there's two sides there's the person that owes and this person who is owed Mm -hmm. okay the person who is owed being let's say in this case you you're owed again what my dad owes me (laughs) he owes me a lot okay but it's a debt can never be paid so i can stay angry for the rest of my life of this debt that's owed And all it's going to do is eat away at me. Or I can say, just my side of the transaction, I'm going to take an accounting. And that's an important part that a lot of people don't think about. I'm going to do a full accounting of what happened, what did. And I'm going to look at that. And I am going to forgive that debt. Not for him, because he doesn't. Sure, he sure doesn't deserve it. But for me. Now, that doesn't mean a lot of times people say, well, I'm going to go back to the person, tell him I forgave them. No, it's, it's back to being about them again, right? This isn't about reconciliation. This isn't about an apology. It has nothing to do waiting. I will forgive them when they give me the apology. I will forgive them that debt when they start ma- making payments on it. Contended. No, yeah. you're missing the point. Yeah. You're forgiving that debt, period. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with what they have to say or do now or in the future. 
Now, here's the beauty part of it is I did actually have ability to have reconciliation in my story. At age 65, my dad sobered up, turned his life over the Lord. In the last 23 years of his life, my dad, the same monster, should have gone to jail for the rest of his life, turned into the most wonderful, loving, godly man you have ever met. If you were still alive and sitting here right now here with you, Rena, you'd be yelling BS, Mark. Sorry, there, I've met this guy. There's no <laughs> I love way. him. There, yeah, there's no way this guy matches this story. So my dad's mm. story in this forgiveness, you're never done, you're never too old, yes. never done too much bad to find God's redemption, mm. grace, and forgiveness. So we had reconciliation. It was fabulous. And the day that he died, up to the mm. days before, we wrote out his forgiveness list. We wrote out his prayer list because he had notes all over. I said, Dad, in a couple of days, you're going to be in heaven. Forget long distance. You could be there. Let's <laughs> rewrite the list. And he did only, Dad, I want my name on top. <laughs> and we did. I put my name on top. Guilty. <laughs> so we wrote that list. And when he passed away, he gripped that. He still had that gripped in his hand, and I swear he hand-delivered that up there, and I was with him, and we had a wonderful time as he passed. That's just amazing. All through what? Forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Not carrying around that backpack. Not being about him. It was never subject to an apology. It was never subject to begin paying back. There was never Mm -hmm. subject to that reconciliation. It was only that I said, enough is enough. I no longer have to carry this around. And not possible without God in the middle of it. I, 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 it's one of those things where I always struggle with that question. It's a great mm-hmm. question, Arena. I hate to say that it's not possible because I've seen it happen. It's so rare. Mm-hmm. It's so difficult. Because I have to stick around then to be the judge and the jury. Don't you know what I did to myself? I need to, I need, ooh, I need to beat myself up. Mm-hmm. Right? I need to make sure that they stick around. They pay for what they did. Right? Mm-hmm. But God is the judge. Yes. Like if you look at Romans 12, 7 through 9, it, it, it takes away all that part about being a ju- being having to be the judge. Mm-hmm. takes it all away. And really, Rena, if you did me wrong, or I did you wrong, would it be a little tougher for me to be the, your judge or God to be the judge, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's going to pay back more, right? Right. Just enough said. Uh, said and who knows that. the true story? Because a lot of times it, the truth is your situation is extreme. But I think a lot of times forgiveness, there's, there's always two sides to every story. That's, right? and that's so important to understand. During that process, I went and investigated about my dad. Right? And it's pretty well positive, although we could not find exact proof that he was abused as exactly. a child. Right? That was his backpack. That's his backpack. My dad uh, was a Marine in World War II. He's the first man, in, uh, one of the first men out there in Okinawa. 3,000 men die in the first day. Mm-hmm. He did the guts and the, the stuff that he saw that he came back angry about. Mm-hmm. His first 20 years of life, he was an angry man, yeah. right? It doesn't justify what he did, but it's at least it's a better understanding. Mm-hmm. Which brings up to the point of, like, How? The why of this is I'm tired enough. Are you tired enough of carrying around that backpack of where I am blaming somebody else for what they did? I'm blaming myself. I'm hanging on to that shame. Or even so much against God. Are you tired enough carrying that around? Or do you want to be free? 
That's what this is. To me, the goal is not forgiveness. The goal is freedom. The freedom is found in forgiveness. Mm -hmm. That's the goal, to be free of having to carry this around. I can hear skeptical people thinking, is, but is that really possible? You know, to, to forgive equals freedom. Help me understand that trajectory and what happens there. Sure. See, it often is um, when we've been hurt, and we're talking about big hurts here, right? right. Not everybody is necessarily in the sense that we're talking about um, hurts. It's all a matter of degree. If you've had a really good life and grandma and grandpa got a divorce, that may be a bigger hurt than what mine was with my dad. We're not talking about one bigger than the other. It's still, it's all relative. Mm -hmm. So it's still a hurt, but still carrying around that hurt is still going to um, cause all sorts of harm. Do you remember, uh, in fact, let me to bring... To you, but not the person that you're... That's correct. When they the may grudge. still as well, they still... You might be surprised. They're carrying around a lot of their own guilt. Just like when you hurt somebody else, right? They're on the other side of that equation. They're thinking, oh my God. You know, they just... And you don't realize that that person who did it may be dealing with their own stuff at the same time of, I can't believe that I did that to somebody else or I did that to me. So mm-hmm. don't naturally assume that the other person is not struggling right. with this. Do you remember Elizabeth Smart by chance? Of course. So for those who are not familiar with it, 15 years ago at the age of 14, she was kidnapped uh, in Salt Lake City mm-hmm. for nine months. And the things that were done to her would, every single day were just awful. Horrific. And most people thought that she was dead. Oh, the yeah. child at that age is gone for mm-hmm. so long. And they found her. When she got back, her parents understood this process this the the meaning of forgiveness so much and i just hold them up on a pedestal right to say as a parent you mess with me that's one thing you mess with my child and i want you to die mm-hmm. and i want you to die slowly over two hours yeah. to say i love my daughter so much that i don't want her to be a victim anymore so the first morning we're going to start forgiving these people and we're going to release you from that brilliant that they took their love for their daughter was greater than their need for revenge. Can you say that about yourself? Can you say my love for myself is greater than the need in order to pay back for what I did to pay back that can never be paid back? Can you say that about what somebody else, that the love that I have for my life is more important than the payback, having to do a payback, and letting God do the payback and taking it out of hands? Because let me tell you what happens otherwise. Just like any wound... If it goes unhealed, mm-hmm. you have the wound of unforgiveness. That, that wound causes infection, mm-hmm. and the wound of unforgiveness affects and infects all your relationships. Affects and infects all your relationships. And then when you go back, you're not just cleaning up that mess, what happened, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you're cleaning up all those bad relationships. Think about it for, for any of your NLB listeners here, mm-hmm. right? That not only they go back and they're cleaning up what they did, but they're going back and cleaning up all those relationships. The longer that you pass before that forgiveness, the more you got to clean up on the relational Mm -hmm. part of the wound of unforgiveness. So to be skeptical, absolutely, because it's not easy. Forgiveness done properly is not easy. Man, the rewards of freedom are well worth it. And it takes... It takes such bravery 
to step out and, and say, I'm going to forgive. You know, I think, I think a lot of people, there's a lot of stubborn people in my family, Okay. you know, and they get sure. a pass, you know, they, so they get a pass because they're stubborn. You know, they're not going to forgive because they're stubborn. It's like, no, <laughs> nobody gets a pass here. Nobody. You know, we're, we're, we're broken. We, we all hurt people and we've all been hurt by people. That's correct. So to be brave and to be loving and forgiving, I think is, um, I mean, it's such a gift to be able to foster that instead of to be stubborn and unforgiving. Yeah, and you got every right to be stubborn and unforgiving. I'm, I don't, I'm not going to take that away from everybody, anybody. Uh, you have that right. Do you also have the right to be unhappy? You have the right to uh, be bitter? Mm-hmm. And anybody who's been around bitter people, it, it exudes out of them. You it's can the feel fruit. it. <laughs> yes. Fruit. Absolutely. And so that's what I'm saying is this unforgiveness over there causes other relationships to get better mm-hmm. because you're not carrying around that weight yep. that affects and infects all your other relationships. So it, it, it seems counterintuitive that what they did for did against me, you mean if I forgive that other person did something against me that my other relationships get better? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. So let's, if we can, I'd like to talk a little bit about the how. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Sure. It starts off with just doing something about it. Like so many other, whether it be 12-step programs or anything else, it's a willingness to say, I'm, I'm ready to do something about it. So you've been hurt. You've been, there's been a crime has been committed. Somebody took something from you, whatever that is. Pick up the phone, call 911, right? If we're talking about even so much as a lot that I deal with is way from the past. Uh, children, um, one out of six men were sexually abused before the age of 18. One out of four women. Between two-thirds and 90% of those crimes never get reported. Hmm. Okay, if those are statistics, how many men, how many women do you know have shared their story that that happened to? Yeah. Very few. Very few. So there's a lot of listeners yeah. sitting there right now that are sharing that never have, mm-hmm. right? It's a willingness to pick up the phone and say, I'm calling 911, figuratively speaking, to talk about it to one or more people saying, there's been a crime committed. They harmed me. I wanted, I'm ready to do something about it. Yeah. Step two, you called the police. There's got to be an investigation, right? And it's a willingness to have an investigation. Open up. Mm-hmm. Here's all that happened and really open up. In my case, I went back and I uh, interviewed former fa- my f- former friends and family members to get all on the table. And my mom, what all had happened? And there is some crap came on the table. I thought it was bad. It was, it was much worse than what mm-hmm. I thought it was. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to forgive that debt, I got to have a, an accounting of it to investigate it. Third, we have a court case. And it's a willingness to do defense, to put up a defense, right? My dad did a lot of the stuff because it doesn't make it right, but okay. We put it all out there on the table. And then finally, the judge says, boom, I find you, Earl Goodman, guilty of the charges. Yes, guilty. So I'm vindicated. What happened to me was wrong. What I did for my, against myself was wrong. What they did against me was wrong. Yes. But now the sentencing saying, is I now, I forgive because I no longer want to stay around or cause harm to myself by trying to cause harm to them or mm-hmm. revenge or payback. Mm-hmm. I forgive that debt. That debt, my side of the transaction is I forgive that debt. 
doesn't necessarily talk about reconciliation because the other side may not be ready for it yet mm-hmm. and whether they're ready for it or not. So the way I like to put it, just because you forgive a debt, somebody, you forgive that $50,000 in debt, right, that owed you, their credit still sucks, <laughs> right? Yeah. So they may only, may only have a 200 credit rating. So relationally, it may take time to build that mm-hmm. up before we have a, a solid relationship or that trust. You don't have to trust mm-hmm. in order to love. You do not need to trust in order to love. That trust is, takes many actions in order to build back, to build that credit rating back up. So let's get into a little bit of the, the how-tos of that how. Sure. Because, I mean, I think that was a really great illustration of the various steps involved that you need to take for forgiveness. But what, is that, what does that look like? I mean, is it, do you need to seek out a counselor or is it journaling or what are some steps people can can do if they're feeling the need? Hey, I'm really, I really need to work on this. Uh, they need to answer that themselves. There is not a one size fits all. So depending on how deep or how easy it is or hard it is to pull out, it may take a counselor in order to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody who's equipped in order to bring that out. It may be able to do it in a group. It may be only one on one. I, I like to say is what it, it often is when you answer this question, I've never told anybody, but mm-hmm. the rest of that sentence often is the source of that pain, shame, and blame that needs forgiveness in order to pull it back. So where is it you feel comfortable that you can answer that question and say, I've never told anybody, but, mm-hmm. and then to be able to take that and say, I'm tired of carrying that around to the why I'm tired of carrying it around. So whether it be journaling, starting off with mm-hmm. journaling in great. For a lot of people, that works tool. very well. Yeah. Absolutely. It may take a counselor, a close friend, mm-hmm. whatever works for you. But it does take that willingness to say, I'm ready to do something about it. Yeah. And it's once you shine the light on something and give it some attention and, you know, start talking about it, I, I think probably the pieces kind of fall into place of that's where you need to go or what you need to do. That's correct. And it can get ugly for a little while. Right. If you're going to have yeah. a full accounting, you know, it's really easy to just wash it away and yeah. say, forgive and forget. Yeah. And we're, let's Stuff move on. It but it keeps coming back. It keeps yeah. coming back. Why? Because that debt never has been truly. Mm-hmm. So to go through an accounting and to relive some of these tough things, it can be tough. There's a lot of tears. There's a lot of anger coming out in it. Right. Mm-hmm. I try to put this behind me, but oh, yeah, um, that can happen. It, But you got to go through all that. In order to get for it, if you want it to be done properly, mm-hmm. that is the process. That's amazing. So you have founded a nonprofit to help people through the cycle of forgiveness. Tell us a little bit about 70 times 70. Sure. So it's, uh, it's at 70x7.org, 70x7.org, 70 times 7. It comes from Matthew uh, 18, 21, mm-hmm. 22. Um, just briefly is I I give you, I've got a newer version of the Bible that most people have. Mm -hmm. And that is Peter and Jesus were driving down 400 in a Honda. Okay. (laughs) And I told you it was newer version. And, and, uh, Lexus cut off Peter who's driving seven times. The same Lexus cut him off seven times. (laughs) See, I never think that we give Peter enough credit here because if you cut me off seven times, I'm the forgiveness guy. I'm sorry. We're going to have issues. Okay. Yeah. 
But I think it was brilliant. And he turned to Jesus, hey, look at me, seven times I forgave. And Jesus turned and said, no, 70 times seven. In other words, we should always forgive. And I think Jesus, not from a religious point of view, Jesus got it that I love you. Because I love you, I don't want you to be hurting. And I know if you hang on to this, you are going to hurt. It has nothing to do with that guy in that Lexus is going to go on with his work and drive away. Mm-hmm. And here we are sitting in Honda, because we do know where they were in a Honda, because elsewhere in the Bible it says Jesus and his disciples were all in one accord. So we know that it was in a Honda, right? <laughs> That's bad. So it, it, it is, understand that it is that forgiveness is so you can go to work and be still be happy. And you know what? That didn't get to me. That's what 70 times 7 is about, is we go and we help first people is why. Just why. We're not even so much as the how. I speak very little how. So anybody who's struggling, why should I forgive, then I suggest reaching out to us. We'll help you work through the why and get you started on the path to forgiveness. Mm-hmm. That's I see what it at we Starbucks do. a lot. with A lot of Starbucks a, meetings. Talking yes. to a whole lot of people. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Helping them. And we don't charge. So anybody reaching out there, we don't charge for this. Mm-hmm. This is just a mission to help people discover, like I did, that I don't have to carry around that backpack of pain, shame, and blame. Wow. Well, I think what you're doing is truly so revolutionary and really, really so helpful for a lot of people. I know that there's the whole concept of forgive and forget. Yes. I'd be interested in hearing what you have to say about that. And is that possible? I, you know, I would love to say it's possible, okay? Yeah, I would love to. Um, it, it's not possible, especially in a big hurt. How can you forget? How can I forget what my dad did? And it'll keep creeping back. It'll creep back from time to time. I see successful people around in, in Alpharetta, and I think, oh, my goodness, if only I could have been born in Alpharetta in this nice household, where could I have been? And how much easier life would be? And then I realize it's pulling right back in, and I have to stop think about it again and stop, let it go and let God have it. You can't, it's not realistic to forget. So what happens though, is when it comes back, you have a source to say, Hey, I forgave them and I don't have to keep on letting this eat it up. So the forgiving part of it is the only way that you can have a chance of having that free. It's not realistic. I would love for somebody to tell me how you can forget some of these big pains that somebody's caused because I think that that's not dealing with it. Uh, it's not even dealing with it. It's, it has to be dealt with, forgiven, and move. then you can move on. But do you find in dealing with a lot of these people that once they do forgive, that the forgetting becomes a little... Oh, it gets that, much easier. It gets, it gets, it gets easier. much easier. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not eating them up, and it's not showing itself in its angry, angry way in other relationships. Yeah. Right? It becomes less inflamed. Yeah, that's correct. In other relations, how many other uh, uh, bad marriages and bad situations and lost jobs and on and on and on because of holding on to that? And once start getting a taste of that freedom, want more and more of it and really don't want to uh, go back to it. So it, is, it does get much easier, absolutely. But forget, the, realistically, no, you never forget. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about brokenness within the family. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I just believe that the the family space is sacred, and that it's especially egregious when we don't work to reconcile with our family members. What would you have to say about that? Yeah, it's a tough one. So, um, 
a really, really smart guy asked me about the difference between amends and uh, reconciliation, right? Which brings up the good point is, especially when a family member has done something really bad, is yes, there are amends that need to be made, right? Um, I did wrong or they did wrong to me. And so there is a, um, a need to have an accounting for that and at least make an attempt to do something about it. But reconciliation, now when we talk about one side of the two-part transaction, reconciliation changes all the rules. Now it takes two sides. Yep. So often what I say is when I've got a family member that has harmed me, right? Uh, I'm not ready to open up a conversation into it until they've made amends because I can't have re real reconciliation mm -hmm. until they've made amends. I've had this situation recently with a, a loved one in the family, right? Really hurt me and really trying to have reconciliation without having amends. And I'm struggling with it in a big way, right? I'm almost being forced in reconciliation, but without that amends, I'm still holding on to my side mm -hmm. of, of that issue. So back to the family member. It is takes some amends to have reconciliation, but do not expect reconciliation. Likewise, if I'm the one making the amends, just because I'm making amends, don't think that they automatically, well, I've made my amends. How come they're not reconciling with me? Yep. Back to that credit score. Your credit score sucks. Keep doing what you're doing. You make the amends and keep working away and doing the right things. And over a period of time, your relational credit score will go up and a reconciliation may be possible. Do you think I trusted my dad when he first made that turn? No. 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 It took a while. Yeah. What would you say to somebody who's waiting for that apology? Quit waiting. Quit wait for them to make the payment back. Mm -hmm. um, expect, never expect it to happen. And here's the thing is, especially if we're talking about the bigger harm, even if they give the apology, it's never enough. Well, that was a weak apology. That wasn't enough. Okay, they made the apology, but they didn't even attempt to pay me back in other ways, right? And here's the thing is keep waiting for like somehow or another that apology is going to make the difference. And even if it comes, it's mm -hmm. never enough because you're making it subject to. It's never subject to anything, including an apology. That's a bonus if it happens. What if I'm the one who needs to make the apology? That's your responsibility, and that's back to the amends, that you should make that apology, mm -hmm. but don't have expectations on the other side. You see, that the thing is, as soon as you're crossing over on the two sides of that mm -hmm. transaction, mm -hmm. you have expectations on the other side is where we get ourselves in trouble, where we're let down so much. You have a responsibility on your side and your side only. So yes, you need to make those amends. Yes, you need to make that apology. But have no expectations. You may have harmed that other person. Have no expectation that it happen at all, or it may take time. This is such great advice you're giving, and I thank you so much for being here. So one last thing, yes. the word relevate means to uplift or inspire. What words of encouragement do you have for our listeners as it relates to forgiveness? It is so much of that is to keep the eyes on the, uh, the, towards the end of what we're really talking about. As long as you keep thinking about it as forgiveness... It's a big mountain to climb. Mm -hmm. Think about freedom. The word, oh, yeah. right? For me, when you mm, say that, so I think of freedom. Yeah. 
And I'm tired of carrying this around, what went through. It's got me into so much trouble, right? If I can free myself of that. So mine is when I think of, of, uh, think of it, I think of freedom and I want to be free. Love that. Thank you so much, Mark, for the work you're doing and for being here on the Relevate podcast. Thank you. If you've been waiting for a sign, it's no coincidence that you're listening to this episode of the Relevate podcast on forgiveness. It takes bravery and action to forgive someone or to extend a hand to someone you need to forgive. Start journaling, talk to someone, write the letter, make the phone call all with no expectation of how it will be received. Do it for you and know that freedom awaits. I'm Rena Olson and this is Relevate.